The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here with my partner, Shark, fellow Shark, and uh, DFS specialist, Mr. Michael Apatria. How are you, Michael? I'm I'm doing uh, pretty swell over here, Coach. I mean, uh, I took a little burn with our uh, with our chicken soup bet. Uh, the mic, the, the mic, I'm just gonna get it out of the way now. You know what I mean? Just peel off the band-aid early. Uh, he did pretty horrible. He got into foul trouble. Uh, 0 for seven. Just everything off the rails. It just continued. Hoping that would be the game where he struck it right, uh, but it was not. So uh, we are tied two-two. Um, we're gonna have to get another one by the end of this uh, slate and this card that we go through. But I'll just give you your props now and get it out of the way. I did have a. a- a Twitter uh, come in saying that it was such a bad beating. It, it should have counted as two points, but I, I I'm, you know, we didn't have a rule that if it's like a 40 point defeat, it, it counts as two. So I'm going to let you off the hook and just say we're tied two two and uh, it's back to even. And, and then we go from here. That's it. You got, what do you, what do you got a burner Twitter over there? You tweeting at, you tweeting with your uh, burners <laughs> saying it should be two I've, points. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't divulge any any private information regarding Twitter. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, yeah, awesome stuff, back. man. But uh, yeah, we're as, as normal. We're it's you know it's Tuesday night. We're recording the night before and uh, getting ready for the the big uh, fantasy draft coaches challenge, which is on Wednesdays uh, throughout the the whole season. And uh, tomorrow's our first Wednesday card, and it's an 11-game slate. And uh, lots of interest. We got a lot of buzz going about the Coach's Challenge, man. I think this contest is going to be really great. I know uh, Andrew Hansen tries our, our uh, Mr. Language Olympic here. Uh, plays so cool and humble as he took his second place. But I think he's got a, a quiet confidence. We, we need to we need to nip that in the bud here pretty quick. Yeah, he's a silent killer. He could, he's just one of those guys that <laughs> you just tell. He's very he's very quiet with it, but he's always planning something. He's got he's got something hidden up his sleeve. Uh, you know, John Morant the other night, he was all over that. So I, yeah, yeah. No, the kid knows the stuff, man. Uh, he, I mean, that's why uh, that's why we, he sparked our interest. You know, right when he kind of. Sent Dan a little email saying he had some interest. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we do. We're like our, you know, we're like little CIA agents back here. We do our background research over here on everybody that comes in here. So uh, we knew he knew his stuff, but you know, we we have a large slate, and I just wanted to get something off my chest. Uh, you know, I, I sure. need I need some backup over here as far as maybe some listeners can weigh in uh, on the debate. But I was arguing with uh, my girlfriend earlier earlier tonight, and it was a serious Uh-oh. argument that we took very serious right now. So. Uh, it came down to it was a French fry argument, Coach, uh, and she's oh. trying to sit here and and look at me in the face and tell me that tater tots are without a doubt the best type of French fry, and I and I and I look her back and now we're we're fighting because I had to say that they're they're in my opinion the most overrated that I'm a good curly fry kind of guy, uh, so I got to know where you stand, Coach. Are you a tater tot or a curly fry kind of guy? Well, you know, I I hate to to. Uh 
you know, take any kind of stand against the the much better half of your relationship over there. But yeah, no, I, I have to say tater tots are very low on my on my French fry list. I would much rather have the curly fries, the crinkle cut, the shoestring. I mean, I consider myself a fry connoisseur and uh, you're going to have to uh, straighten her out on this tater tot fiasco. I, I knew I knew you'd be the right guy to ask. Yeah, no, that's what I was <laughs> yeah, the kind of sore. So, uh, no, that's what I tried to tell her. I was like, listen, unless you unless you got a fryer, like a you know a commercial fryer in your kitchen, you're never going to get these things crispy all the way. They're sometimes too soggy, and then they're too burnt. Right. And, you know, it, it, the ratio is just off. Too much potato to crisp ratio. It's it's not my liking. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and turn down some tater tots now but uh given the choice i I think i think a lot of people might side with me on this one but i I thought maybe i maybe i'm a little crazy maybe i'd get some other feedback but they are like top ranked food for food fights though you gotta love to drill some people with some tater tots that's about it (laughs) (laughs) that that and napoleon uh napoleon dynamite uh the old skit with uh the tater tots oh my god that's that's one of the the phrases that come to my mind and the freaking quesadillas, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we got. I got to get out of the way. I'm sidetracking us though. We got 11 games, man. We got to break this down. No worries. I, you know, you you can always engage me in any controversial uh, uh, problem. There, you know, I I, I want to be a a, a, home, a a help for you at home as well, Mr. Apatria. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we get a median in here, uh, things might be a little bit smoother. Um, yeah, but, uh, it, it is what it is. We we're always going to have our little arguments over whether it's what kind of potato or we, that, that's one of our things. We always like to just break, break stones. And if, if that's the worst type of, uh, arguments you have, you are in good shape, my man, no doubt about it. But anyway, let's, let, let me just, uh, touch on a couple real quick things. Cause I know, you know, with 11 game slate, we got a long one and, uh, uh, I'd like to get done and watch a little bit of that Lakers-Memphis game. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, we are sponsored by Fantasy Draft, and they are also the sponsor of the Coaches Challenge, which is now up on Fantasy Draft. Uh, I sent the, the Twitter uh, link out there. Also, if you go on uh, fantasydraft.com, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL, get a free week of uh, DFS up to $1,000 in contests. You can search for the Coach's Challenge contest. That'll come up there. It's a six-entry max, $2 an entry. And uh, I don't. I think I'm taking the damn gloves off. So I, I only played two. I'm, I'm going for the max six. I want to, like, sweep, uh, you know, top ten spots and get all uh, – get this language Olympic guy back in, in his uh, spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's that was my rookie mistake is I only put one in there. I, I didn't pay attention that you could multi-enter. Uh, so yeah. I, I just, I, I'm you know, I did the uh, assume thing, and I think everybody knows, like, the acronym and what it stands for. And, uh, yep, my one didn't get it done. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load that thing up this week. And, I, listen, I'll take six shots at it. I want the first. That's all I want. First spot, I want the swag. I just, I just like some free swag, man. I've won money a, a bunch of times. I never win free T-shirts. I know. Well, the T-shirts are sharp. I want one of those cool hats, though, so I can. I, I got to start sporting. Now I got the bald dome here. I need. I need a lid. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sunburn. 
Yes, but uh, yeah, the, I'll tell you what, I'm, I've got a sweat going again tonight. I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's a good thing. If I'm not dead coming into these late games, that means something good's happening. But I, I uh, loaded up with the Stars and Scrubs again on, on our fantasy draft uh, on, in the $30,000 pick and roll. And my guys are playing so good in these first games, my cheap guys. And I did the old uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron double dip in the in the late game. So if I can keep keep this uh, money train moving here, this would be beautiful. Awesome, man. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, you know, unfortunately, Trey Young that that that's going to sting oh, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, good reports, I guess, on the optimistic side are coming out. You know, X-rays are negative. They're believing it's not like too serious of an ankle injury where. I'm guessing, you know, by too serious, they mean they're probably not suspecting, like, ligament damage necessarily. Um, right. But, you know, MRI results are going to come back. We'll find out, I'm sure, by tomorrow at some point, and it's uh, hope for the best. But I, I didn't play any of them, so that, that kind of did help a little bit. The only problem is I wasn't very high on John Collins, so it's not like I have a slate-breaking lineup. I, I'm winning money in every single one of them, but... Um, you know, not having John Collins in too many. Actually, I think I only played one out of maybe about eleven or twelve lineups uh, that actually had him. But I had a lot of uh, a lot of Bembry, so he got oh. getting a little bit of extra run. Um, so that 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 breaking the slate, but he's doing well for the value. I did pretty stars and scrub like too. Yeah, and for the listeners that didn't catch any of that game, uh, he came down and really rolled his ankle. Couldn't put any weight on it. They took him to the locker room, but. Uh, before we came on air, they just had, had given a Woj uh, report and saying that the uh, x-rays were negative. They didn't think there was going to be any ligament or anything damaged. But like you said, they're going to do an MRI tomorrow, uh, and they don't think it's real serious. So that's great news because Trey's terrific for the game, and I'd hate to see him out any extended period of time. But uh, you you made a, a good mention there. It was funny because my son is is in a league, and he, he was – uh, he text sent me a text right away. Who should I pick up if Trey's going to be out? You know, who's going to be the fantasy beneficiary or DFS beneficiary? And you know, it looks to me like sort of Bembry might be the guy. You know, if if uh, Trey is out for a couple of games uh, at a super low value, so keep an eye on him in, in some of the uh, Hawks upcoming games. Yeah, he'll be he'll be like a decent uh, steals guy. He knocked down like a three here and there. I wouldn't expect him to you know come in here and produce anything near like starter like quality numbers. They're they're going to kind of chop up the minutes, but you got to imagine yeah. he's already got a pretty sizable role off the bench, and he'd definitely be looking at, at least an extra six minutes a game, um, which you know that kind of warrants some ownership, especially in just you know your twelve team leagues or deeper. Yeah, and he's almost minimum so. All right, man. Well, uh, just uh, one last quick mention real quickly here. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really appreciative of our sponsors that uh, put all of this uh, forward so that we can bring this seven-day-a-week DFS free content to the table. Again, Fantasy Draft being our presenting sponsor. Also, Manscaped.com. Uh, go, go to their website. Uh, uh, promo code HOOPBALL, 20% discount, free delivery. Also, for any of your sports betting needs, mybookie.ag is definitely the place to go, the best online uh, service betting for betting uh, that there is out there. And our, our near and dear to heart uh, friends, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, uh, best coffee in the business. Jump on Amazon, get that delivered. 
Uh, you can get it delivered with your chicken suit, and you'll be all set, Mike. <laughs> all right, brother. 11-game slate. Uh, we are going to get started. Let's roll with our, our normal process here. And the first game is a game that's not very pretty. Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep, and it's, you said it. it's not pretty. It's not a game that I'm going to be targeting too heavily. Um, you know, really not going to be targeting anybody on on the Cavs too much this season. The, the only one I'd really be looking at would probably be you know Kevin Love. But we have plenty of other forwards that we can choose to to play on this kind of slate. It's 11 games where I don't think we necessarily need to go there. Uh, the price tag seems like it's it's about fair. It's you know fourteen eight uh, leaves a little bit mm-hmm. juice on the bone, but for really him to hit that like crushing value, he needs to get closer to like that uh, thirty four thirty five minute mark, and I just don't see him doing that too often this season. Uh, Bulls Levine, just because he always has that that upside, he can smash in these kinds of matchups, but I'm not overly enticed about him. I agree. And I love it. I mean, that we're just blowing through this first game like this. It's, you know, it's, if it was one of those three game slates, we'd be picking this apart, trying to make a case for the Tristan Thompson's and Kobe White's and all this, which is painful. But the beauty of having 22 teams to pick from is you don't have to, like you said, scratch the, the bottom of the bone on, on games like this. And, you know, for me, uh, Levine is points dependent. This should be a lower scoring game uh, than than most. Cleveland's 26th in pace right now, um, which is pretty bad. And Chicago's 13th, sort of in the middle of the pack. Uh, so I just I, I don't I get nervous with Levine uh, when when I don't think he's going to get a lot of periphery numbers and just get scoring. Again, we've talked about it a million times. The three headed uh, Bulls. Uh, point guard situation, which is a nightmare. Um, you know, their bigs, Wendell Carter had a fantastic game the last time out, but, you know, I, I don't particularly think he's going to shine in this game. Otto Porter's still on a, a restriction. So that's, you know, I just don't see anybody worth playing there. Uh, on the Cleveland side, you know, Tristan Thompson's going to start getting some some ownership. I mean, nobody was was rostering him. And he just keeps throwing these big, fat double-doubles up every game. And, you know, he could easily throw another 16 and 13 on the game or on the board in this game. And he certainly, if if you're completely jammed and you're on like a fantasy draft where you can play multiple centers, he's an option. Uh, I'm going to keep him not on my on my roster right now, but as a, as a plug-in if uh, – if I need an extra guy, because I think he's pretty safe. His minutes are safe and his production is safe. But other than that, I, you know, the guards just trying to get used to the new uh, rotation and everything. I, I just don't have any interest in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, that's a you know, pretty good call when you talk about Thompson. Uh, his price tag is getting up there a little bit. It's kind of getting pretty, I guess you could say, accordingly. Um, he's not like a cheap, cheap value like he was in the first uh, opening nighter game. So, yeah. I, but you know, you, you, like you said, he, he does have that double double upside, and it's there. It's caked in. He's he's a double double machine, uh, one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. Um, I don't think that it's a, a fantastic matchup as far as you know centers. If we look at the games that he's kind of you know exploded in, looking at the last one against Indiana, that it was two. It was a double big front court, but uh, yeah. you know. It, they're going to probably try to get a little bit more of uh, marketing at the five if they really want to take advantage and force Kevin Love to play center as well. 
I that's that's what I'm envisioning um, for a mm-hmm. good chunk of the game. And like you said, eleven games. I I just like so many other centers. Big center I'm guy, coach. You. you know that. I'm all, I'm always all over my centers. Oh, you you definitely are stacking up the centers for sure. All right, uh, the second uh, 7 p.m. Eastern game is the New York Knicks and Bobby Portis. I just I enjoyed that so much the other night when they were chanting, <laughs> and he was kept burying shots. Uh, they are playing uh, the Orlando Magic, a really weird team. They're 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 first on my list right now for just the most bizarre team to try to figure out what the hell they're going to do. So what do you got on the Knicks Magic? All right, so first of all, you'd have to be in Fizdale's head, and now I think he knows what he's going to do at this point. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll start with the Knicks because they're the more confusing side that we don't really know what's going to be going on. Um, so Alfred Payton's already been ruled out. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. He's he's kind of away from the team. If he can come back in time, he's someone I'd have interest in, uh, just knowing that he'd probably be getting a good chunk of the bulk of uh, point guard minutes. Um, yes, Nidaclean is there and, you know, played well. Looked really good defensively in the, in the last game. So I know he he's did. there. Uh, I'm just kind of almost looking at, looking at this with a little bit of narrative, um, you know, coming back after something very emotional to do with his family, knowing that he's kind of beginning frustrated with this minute total. This is the opportunity. If he is going to get extra run, it's going to be in a game where, you know, Peyton's sitting. So I, I just think that he's an option. I'm not saying he's like a lock and load, got to play him. He's mostly strictly just like a GPP sort of play. Um, but him and Barrett would, would mostly be the guys I'm really looking forward to playing on the Knicks, if anybody. Uh, and on the Magic, it's, again, it's a very, very de- defensive-oriented team. They were the top five defense in the league once again this season. Yes, it's only been a few games, but uh, it's this exact same team that was starting last year. So I'm kind yeah. of okay with just not really going anywhere. I mean, Vucevic is the one guy who we're waiting to see him hit down, knock some shots down. He's kind of been struggling offensively. Um, yeah. Once he picks that up, he's he, we're going to see the price tag rise. So, you know, kind of... You know, targeting that at the exact moment and the exact right times where, you know, he's going to start knocking down those shots and you can take advantage of the depressed salaries where we want to get to. Um, it's just, you know, it's hard to just take that shot on an 11-game slate, you know, trying to capture magic in a bottle. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like I say, I've been super frustrated with Orlando thus far. I, they, You know, there's they seem to each take turns having just horrible games. And then some guys... We'll, we'll step up and have a decent game. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a hard one to figure. It is a pace-up game for them. Knicks are eighth in the league in pace, and but it's a, it's a pace down for the Knicks as Orlando uh, not only is good defensively, but they're 27th out of 30 teams in pace. So it, it's hard to, to really like anybody here, but I am going to play a guy in this game, and I'm going to explain why. I, I do, don't believe Smith is going to be back. He didn't travel with the team to Orlando, so he may come in tomorrow on his own, but I just don't see it happening. And I think Barrett is going to play 40, 44 minutes, something ludicrous like that, uh, just you know, absorbing all the one and two minutes that he possibly can. And, man, I, you know, anytime you're going to give a guy 40-some minutes – and Orlando doesn't have the best uh, defense uh, outside the paint, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dial up Barrett. You know, I anytime I can feel really comfortable, I'm gonna get monster minutes like that. Uh, I'll take him, and I think that he's he's you know the, the guy that's gonna get him. I, I don't want to pay 
uh, all that money for Randall when, again, you know, the interior defense of Orlando is so solid. Uh, but really, you know, I'm passing on, Or- on Orlando for a while, and Barrett's uh, my only other play in this game. Yeah, you should see a ton of minutes. Uh, playing it simple. You're right. He's going to play a lot of points. He's going to be playing a lot of shooting guard. He's already playing a boatload of minutes as it is. Um, and this game, I'm, I'm not expecting it to be a blowout uh, necessarily. Yeah, I do think the right. Magic are going to win this game, but I think the Knicks can hang in uh, long enough where at least you know Barrett's going to see some some meaningful fourth quarter time. Yeah, two two stinkers though to start out for sure. Uh, the last seven p.m. Eastern starting time, Minnesota Timberwolves and the Philadelphia 76ers, and I guess we expect Embiid to play. I mean, it's starting to get ridiculous. Uh, It's so frustrating for for us DFSers. Now, like tonight, for example, 20 minutes uh, before the deadline of turning rosters, all of a sudden, you know, an alert comes up, AD questionable game time decision with a sore shoulder. I mean, come on, man, you know got to be kidding me but he is playing from what i heard, you know what i just read uh, a few minutes ago but yeah with him and Embiid, it's like so frustrating trying to i mean they're they're like the the main build of your your entire lineup and then you just don't know if they're going to play or how much they're going to play all the time it's frustrating Yes, and that is the the love of playing Anthony Davis in DFS. He's always going to be high-owned, and there's always the risk of him just not playing, getting hurt in the first quarter, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. But, yep, he's always going to be a top option. Um, and uh, Embiid, Embiid has to be viewed in a very similar light. Um, in this game, though, I mean, I would actually prefer Carl Anthony Towns. He just looks like he is... Uh, you know, a man playing on fire at this point, just knocking yeah. down his threes, like, at an unbelievable clip. Um, He's just taking over. He looks like a totally different player from last year. He's not that passive-looking um, guy, you know, the same guy that was playing alongside Jimmy Butler with the controversy. So uh, I'm really loving the, what I'm seeing with Towns. He's going to be my top center option on the slate. Um, nice. I don't even think it's it's, it's really that close. Uh, but you got to pay up for him at the end of the day. And the only other guy I'd really be looking at, at the on the Timberwolves, um, I'm going to avoid the whole Andrew Wiggins hot train, you know, knocking down shots, hitting three-pointers thing. Um, kind of taking the same approach as I take with the Derrick Rose. It's not something I would do, so I'm not going to try to jump on a bandwagon um, that I'm expecting to kind of go down in flames pretty soon. But I think Covington is something we can, someone we can take an eye on. I mean, this is, a, you know, kind yeah. of a little bit of a revenge narrative against the 76ers team. Um, that got rid of him for you know for Jimmy Butler. So yeah. I, I think that's something that we can really view. I think this is a good matchup where they're going to need him defensively to you know kind of play. He's he makes the most sense to kind of guard uh, Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris in, in that aspect. So he's going to have to play um, a lot. I'm expecting a lot a lot of minutes from him. The shots and the offense is not always going to be there, but we know the defensive numbers and the rebounds are generally rock solid, and that gives him a good floor. Um, I'm with you. Well, I think I think I have uh, already found our chicken suit cha- challenge contest here. Oh, so tell me, you want Embiid versus Towns? Is that what I'm hearing? I want Embiid versus Towns, man. Here we go. Do you know that Embiid was fifth in a defensive real plus minus for centers last year, and Cat was second to last. So let's go, man. I'm ready. If you want to dial it up, total fantasy points on uh, our our sponsor and presenting 
fantasy draft. How's that sound? I'm game. If he, uh, so if he sits, what happens? Uh, do, do you get a backup, it, or do I just automatically get that win? No, no, no. If, if he is ruled out, then the bet is canceled. <laughs> oh, okay. But if he's ruled in and he's, he suits up, no matter if either one gets hurt after him, if they start, it's it's a bet. So there you go. So anyway, I like Embiid in this matchup even better. I think it's at home. He's going to love the fact that Cat's coming in, leading the world in everything. And if he does play, and you know, uh, I think he's I think he's going to outplay him. And I'm I'm really excited because I think he's going to have let less than half the ownership uh, that uh, Towns has, or even maybe less than that, maybe a third. And that you know that will give me a big edge in in some of my cash games. But I do love your Roco take. I'm taking. I'm going to go with him too. Uh, it's just he's been performing really well on the glass and getting all the periphery numbers. It's in Philly. Uh, you know, I think the crowd will be real. Give him a warm welcome because he played really hard for them and and he was with them when they stunk. And so I think they'll be uh, they'll be really good to him. And I think he'll he'll uh, respond and, and put up some good numbers. So. Uh, yeah, I have two two main targets there uh, that I'm going for with with Rocco and uh, Joel. Hey, I'm not going to knock the Embiid call. It's Joel Embiid at the end of the day, and I, I know these guys have had put up some pretty good games against each other in the past. So, uh, yeah, we'll find out. We'll we'll, we'll see who's smack talking who tomorrow night, uh, and then uh, you know, hopefully, I, this is going to be the difference maker. Three, it's, winner the winner goes up one, three to two. So. Uh, yeah, I, we. I mean, I didn't really touch on the Sixers too much, and it's, to be honest, I'm not overly excited about anybody on this team. When they're all healthy, it's a lot of minutes, it's a lot of distribution and usage that goes around and spread around amongst them all. So, you know, we've been seeing Tobias Harris play great early on when Joel Embiid's healthy. You know he's getting a big chunk of the usage. Uh, ben Simmons, you know, with all these other scores in their offense, you know, adding Josh Richardson as well. Um, yeah. They don't necessarily. He doesn't necessarily need to take shots. I know he never really wanted to, and he's never right. planning on it. But he doesn't need to really score. Most of his points are going to be transition dunks, uh, fast break dunks, and you know the steals. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm not really overly excited when everyone's healthy because I'm not expecting these fat games, and it's hard for him just to get a triple double on any given night. He doesn't have that necessary like that urge to go get it like Westbrook. Um, right. He has to like fall into him. Always in play. He's a fair price where you know his average is just hitting what he's what you're paying for him. Um, so that's that's just not enough for me. I don't blame you, man. I think that 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 is a sensible evaluation. All right, let's go. Keep this moving. We're at a good pace today. We're getting really better on pace. Um, the seven thirty uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time game should be a fantastic game to watch. Not sure if it's going to be a fantastic DFS game, though, because these two teams get get down and get dirty. It's the big ESPN national televised game, which always makes me want to fade a little bit. But it's the Milwaukee Bucks and Boston Celtics. Uh, yeah, this it's pretty simple for me in this one too. Um, again, I'm being picky. I got 11 games. You know, I don't I don't need to spread my ownership across all of these games, but. We'll start with Milwaukee. I'm looking at Giannis. This is just a beautiful shit for him. Um, there's nobody on the interior that could even come close to guarding Giannis on this team. 
Uh, yeah. He should just be able to have his way with them. I mean, it, we said the same thing the other night with the Cavs. So there yeah, is, did, yeah, but he really didn't get it done. No, no, that's my point. There, there's always those times where they could easily uh, defer the other options, but it's easy to defer, you know, to Middleton, to Bledsoe, and to the other guys in, on this team when you're playing a team like the Cavs. Uh, then when you're True. playing Boston, who is actually very good on the wings, they have very good wing defenders. So. Um, they're going to need to take advantage of Giannis on the interior more than they needed to against against the Cavs. They can get away with just kind of deferring to other options because those guys can easily beat their matchups as well. Um, I don't see that happening as much in the, in this matchup. And when I look at the Celtics, it's you know if you want to play a little Jason Tatum, sure. Um, but if he's going to have any sort of Giannis on him, that's kind of a scary thing that uh, you know I can see him deferring. And I don't I don't generally try to target um, you know point guards you know, going against Eric Bledsoe. Yes, he's not playing a boatload of minutes right now because he's recovering. But George Hill, at his age, is still a very capable defender coming in after him as well. So um, that's my stance. I'm really just looking at Giannis in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Boston's been sort of impossible to roster anybody in DFS for the last couple of games. I mean, Kemba's not in his groove. You know, Brown's had some terrible games. Tatum's been up and down. Hayward's been up and down. They really don't have a center that's doing much of anything because Canner was out. And I mean, I just, I don't like this Boston team right now at all, uh, you know, especially in DFS. There's just no value plays that you can feel comfortable and really no reason whatsoever to go there in, uh, in a, this, you know, an 11 game slate. So it's definite pass for me there. Um, I, you know, I like Giannis again. I, I want to be able to put him in there. He's just so damn expensive, but I, I think that you're right. I, I think, you know, Boston doesn't have Horford in there anymore to anchor that defense. They really don't have a four that can match up with him whatsoever. So I don't, like you said, I don't know how they're going to guard him. And I think Boston keeps the game close. And so I, I'm going to probably fire up Giannis. I know it means I'm going to have to find a couple value plays, but, uh, I think his ownership will be a little less than it was because everybody was sort of like me and a little pissed at his performance in, against Cleveland. So, you know, th this could be a spot, you know, I made a bold prediction and said I thought he was going to have like 70 fantasy points or something, and uh, he barely scratched uh, like 38. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the well here because, uh, you know, I think this will be one of the lower-owned games – uh, it's a good defensive matchup, and I think this is, you know, a perfect spot where he could just go for one of his, you know, forty point seventeen rebound uh, type games. Yeah, that's, and that's what I'm envisioning. Maybe not, I don't, I don't know about forty points. I would love to see that, but I do see like a big rebounding total, and that's kind of one of the things I look for when I want to play Giannis. Um, is he going to have one of those, you know, fifteen plus rebounding games where all of a sudden you look in the defensive columns, he's got you know three blocks, two steals, or whatever, and all those add up quickly. Uh, and if he's playing all four quarters because the game's close, those are the games that they're most likely to happen in. So I, I, I do. I'm going to have a good amount of shares of him. Very good. All right, uh, game five, another seven thirty start. Oh, I just erased my my board here where I had all my scores up there. How did I do that? Um, control Control Z. <laughs> yeah, I lost my uh, lost my sheet. The next, there's another seven thirty game. What is it, buddy? Uh, next, it? yeah, I got it right in front of me. Seven thirty game. Well, there's actually two more, uh, but we'll go to the next one on my board, which would be the Pacers versus the Nets. 
Okay. You want, my, you want me to start off? You want me to? You, go, yeah, uh, go ahead. All right, I'll fire this up. Uh, I'll start off with the Pacers. Um, and it's because one of my favorite plays of the slate is going to be on it. And I'm going to be looking towards uh, Demonis Sabonis coach. Um, ah. I just, you know, a lot of people know centers can generally crush the nets. It's something that we always want to target. Um, yep. and, you know, when I look at Miles Turner and I look at the Mano Sabonis, I think Sabonis is carries more upside, has a little bit of that safer floor. Um, he's a little bit more aggressive on offense. So he's the guy I think that's going to take advantage of the matchup a little bit more, um, than Miles Turner. So that's, that's the way I want to go. I think he's still priced fairly at 14, five leaves plenty of meat on the bone for us. Um, yep. and that's kind of where that's all. I mean, Brogdon has been playing fantastic. I'm not going to tell you not to play him. Uh, price is catching up just slightly, and you got to imagine some ownership gets drawn towards them in this kind of matchup. Uh, but, you know, those two guys would be my main interest. I don't really want to play any of the other guys on the wing. And like I said about Turner, uh, no interest there. And as far as the Nets, not a lot of interest whatsoever from them. I think I'm going to fade Kyrie on this slate. Um, not has doesn't have anything to do with you know everything out in the news and all that, and I don't think his teammates are going to you know you know defer from him or anything like that anymore. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have anything to do with anything. It's just simply going to be a tough matchup for him. And Indiana's defense is pretty stout altogether. Where I try to not target too many teams facing him. I agree. I we're ex- exactly on the same uh, wavelength here. I, my my pick in this game is Sabonis. Uh, Brooklyn is thirtieth out of thirty. In, in the paint defense again uh, with uh, Allen, even though they picked up DeAndre Jordan. Uh, and Jordan's actually started the uh, the other night. But they're, I think they're just desperate to try to get some interior defense. And Sabonis should just crush uh, Kuruks or whoever, you know, uh, Torian Prince. There's just nobody's going to be able to stop him inside. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster game. Um, I'm completely fading Kyrie here. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a lockdown defender, and Kyrie just has to regress at some point. And he's so point uh, dependent that I just I don't want to go there at all. So uh, this game's very simple for me. Uh, Sabonis is going to be one of my lock and load hundred percent plays, and uh, I'm hoping Kyrie gets uh, a bunch of ownership because I think he's going to have just an average game. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, too. There's a lot of stars to choose from. So, um, you know, even when we were talking about, the, you know, the big-name centers on the board on, you know, on Fantasy Draft, we can get a couple of shares of, you know, you could play, you know, Towns and a beat if you want. But then you're missing out on, uh, you know, the guys on, on the Rockets game. You're missing out on Giannis. You're missing out on the Kyries. So you're not going to really be able to get three of those guys in. Um, right. You're really looking at two stars if you want to play two. And then because there's, there's, you know, I want to play Sabonis. He's a middle tier guy. There's a couple other middle tier guys I think are underpriced that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, so, you, you know, you got to you got to pick your spots. And this is a spot where I think we, you know, more often than not, we'll, we'll be better off kind of just avoiding the Kyrie Irving train. No doubt. All right. Uh, the the next game is De- uh, Detroit Toronto. It is the uh, last seven thirty game on the on the board, and uh, you know I'm finally gonna to go against my I play I've literally played Drummond every single slate since the regular season started because I've told you I always plug him in automatically when uh, when Griffin's out, but I am gonna go against myself. Uh, and probably regret it, but they're playing Toronto. Toronto's defense is really solid. Both of these teams' pace is low. I expect this to be a hard-fought game. My concern is Drummond may see some foul trouble here with some of the 
you know, a real smart play of Marcus All inside and Siakam's uh, ability to get to the rim. So I'm fading uh, uh, the Detroit guys in this game, and I just have a feeling that Toronto's uh, gonna gonna play well. You know, the the guy that I'm looking at for the first time this year is is Lowry. He's been so solid, playing fantastic basketball. His usage is higher than it's ever been in his career. It's, you know, so, you know, a lot of the, everybody wondered where's all the Kawhi usage going to go. And everybody just assumed it would all go to Siakam, but it's all mainly gone to Lowry and Van Vliet and uh, really been a, a surprise with that backcourts playing. And I like Van Vliet as well. I, I'd like to, to play both of them, but I, you know, I never do that, especially on a large slate like this. But Lowry's going to be plugged into a lot of my cash lineups, and I'll probably play Van Vliet in a couple of my GPPs. But other than that, uh, those you know, that's all I'm going to look at in in this game is the tr- Toronto backcourt. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same wavelength as that. Uh, at the end of the day, I think that's the best spot to target defensively. At the same time, I mean, you know, the, the Pistons, Markeith Morris isn't known for his defense or anything like that, but Andre Drummond's actually been playing phenomenal defense this season. Playing great everything. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He wants to earn his money. You know, board board guy gets board man gets paid, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to do that in a contract year. So I, I imagine that he's going to keep trying to go for those extra couple blocks and steals, taking a few more chances. And, you know, that may equal a little bit of foul trouble here and there, but not generally a matchup that I'm over. I'm looking overly excited in when it comes to targeting him. But I think with the Toronto backcourt going against Detroit, knowing that Reggie Jackson most likely is, you know, doubtful, I believe, at this moment. Um, did he get rolled out yet? Do you know yet? I doubtful, but yeah. not completely ruled. I doubt he's going to play. Yeah, I, w- I would. I think it's hard to hence, imagine. Hence, doubtful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why you get paid the big bucks, coach. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think these things through and dig deep. <laughs> expert expert analysis right there exactly sure <laughs> so and that, yeah i think so i think that's where i'm at with it too i, I don't know if i'm gonna end up on them you know i i always try to have like a, a little shell lineup built or sometimes i build it while we're on the show uh but you know i don't i don't have them in there right as of now but it's not saying i don't tinker with it or maybe ends up in my third or fourth lineup meaning Excellent. lowry i think i'd play lowry over van vliet would you? Yeah, that, I mean, they're both they're both capable of putting up some numbers, but I'm with you, man, completely. Um, all right, we are six down, five to go. Uh, quick mention sponsors, just real quickly again. I I am personally challenging every listener here to get on that coaches challenge uh, in that co- coaches challenge contest tomorrow. I want to see uh, you know who's going to step up if we're going to have our def- uh, defending champion be able to to, to uh, get it done two in a row. And, uh, you know, who's going to get it done? Great cash prizes. Again, no rake. Everything that com- uh, goes into it comes out, plus the free swag. So get in that. Get on Fantasy Draft. Uh, get in that 30000 pick and roll, the $7,500 layup, which is only 5 bucks, And then our, our coach's challenge is only 2 bucks. If you If you only need one entry, one bullet to take it down, just – Two bucks, get in there, see what you got. Um, also, uh, again, our, we just love the fact that we're getting more sponsors. Our growth has been amazing. Uh, and, you know, manscaped.com, mybookie.ag, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, we, we just love their support as well. Um, 
I was looking at one thing today, Michael, and I don't know if you know this, but and I, you know, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I was looking at uh, downloads and activity for DFS uh, shows, and there's a couple of shows out there I'm not going to mention that that have consistently uh, done very well, and they're they're much larger than us right now, but we're going to catch them. But as far as growth goes, we are the fastest growing. NBA DFS show in the podcast world right now. So we got a lot of them to catch, but you know, considering we're only a week and a half in and we're the fastest growing, that's some pretty good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all due to our listeners, man. And we say it every show. Thank you guys for you know hitting those thumbs up buttons, those reviews, uh, you know, telling your friends. This is you know, this is the one thing my buddies always say, like, dude, how are you not bigger? You know your stuff, you've won me so much money, all this, this and that. I'm like, Well, the secret is is that with with good DFS knowledge or good fantasy knowledge in general is people want to keep it a secret. You know, you find that little nugget of information you don't want to tell your friends, you wanna have that edge. So uh, we do appreciate those who do retweet and share and spread it because it, it's not it's not easy to get the word around if we're doing the right thing, um, you know. And no one's going to share your stuff if you're doing the wrong thing either. So thank you guys. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep the, getting this show better and better. You hear Coach say it. We're trying to go a little bit quicker every show now. So uh, we're we're doing it. We're trying to cater. Eventually, we're going to have you know some some premier sound equipment all set up. Uh, this is the real deal, Coach. We knew this was going to take off at the end of the day. We we know each other. We knew we had the confidence. We're both pretty, uh, you know, good work ethic kind of guys. So uh, we're just got to keep the grind. It, it, it's awesome, man. It, it's humbling, though. I mean, you know, we believed it. We knew it could it could go in this direction. But I think it's just all happening a lot faster than we had anticipated. But you know, l- like Mike said, you know, I know everybody wants to get the edge. They don't want anybody else to sort of hear some of the info, but you got to remember in the, in the great scheme of things, you know, let your friends and buddies and guys that you're in leagues with and stuff, let them know about the show because there's thousands and thousands of people playing on these, these uh, DFS sites. And, you know, the group that's listening to this show isn't going to move the needle at all as far as, you know, ownership and all of those things. So, you know, keep it, it it's nice to be able to, you know, and sometimes these shows like this, they, they start conversations. You know, if you have a couple of your buddies that are in your year-long league and you, you, you know, let them know about the show and they listen in, sparks some, you know, hey, who do you like in their chicken suit challenge thing? You know, Embiid, is it Towns, you know, chit-chat. And, and that's sort of how you figure out how to build a lineup at the end of the day. You know, I we don't give out uh, complete lineups here because – you know, we want you to take all of this information we're giving you, you know, digest it, look at it, uh, you know, figure out what makes sense, follow the news the next day for any injuries or change. And now you've got a good solid base to build your lineup on, but we want it to be exclusive to what you're doing. So, you know, we could easily say, okay, here's your, your fantasy draft lineup, boom, 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 boom. Uh, you know, we're not a service like that. We're we're here to uh, break it down, look at it as coaches and players, and and really help you build your team, but let it be your team. So again, thank you for the for joining in. Keep spreading the word. Keep jumping in this coaches challenge. I, I think you know I, this sucker's going to max out in in a couple of weeks here. So 
you know, jump on it uh, while you can. And uh, it's great stuff. And, you know, like, like Mike said, the, the five stars, the likes, when you rate, review, subscribe, all of those positive reviews, everything is, is just really helping. We've got several hundred reviews and, and we've never had any thumb da- thumbs down or negative things. We, we finally did get one, uh, one negative thing and it was because our audio on one of our shows was a little jacked up. So I completely understand that. We've done some repairs to that right now. And as you can tell, these last few shows have been very crisp. But we're upgrading all of this. Uh, Dan Best Perspective Hoopball is producing it all. And we're, we're going to get it better and better and better every week. So we want to just you know keep all of the uh, positive feedback coming in. And remember, you know we're pushed out by Red Circle. You can listen to us everywhere that podcasts are heard itunes google play stitcher podbean iheart spotify youtube we're everywhere so just plug in there dfs today i'm sorry hoopball dfs today you don't even have to put the nba part in and we're generally going to be the first thing that comes up so keep listening let's keep growing and uh you know we're gonna we're gonna keep making everybody money we're we're on a hell of a streak we've you know, through the preseason and the regular season, uh, you know, the base lineups that we brought forward and that we're playing, you know, we're somewhere in the like 14 and three or, you know, 13 and four, somewhere in that neighborhood, depending on uh, specifically the way you built it. But if you can do that throughout the year, 14 and three or whatever, in chunks throughout the season, you're going to make a lot of DFS money for damn sure. So great stuff, man. And we really appreciate it. Let's keep it growing and let's fire through these last five games. This next game is very exciting to me because here's the strangest stat in the world. Last year, the Houston Rockets were 28th in the league in pace because it was Harden, bing, 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 bing. Now they add Westbrook. You think he's had an impact? Guess who's number one in pace in the league, Mike? I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. Bingo. You are the winner. They are the number one pace in the league, and uh, thanks to Russell Westbrook. That goes to show you the impact one guy can have on a starting five. Just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is like one of those kind of matchups where we can see them uh, use that pace to their advantage against you know, a team that a Wizards team that's pretty, pretty porous defensively. Definitely, um, and they are two of the most expensive guys on the slate. So we'll just get out of the way and talk about it. You know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, both of right. them are very much in play. Um, you know, as of right now, it, it's you know you got to give Harden the, the the odds of scoring more. You know, hitting the forty point games and the fifty point games are still in his arsenal. But a lot of that looks like the triple double upside is in Westbrook's arsenal this season. I'm not really thinking. You know, we all yeah. we call kind of anticipated that was just going to go away. This is the last season where he's ever going to average it. I don't necessarily think he's going to average a triple double, but I, I still think that he can get them. Uh, you know, maybe two out of every five games. Oh um, no doubt. So this is a, this is a game that I think I'm going to be a little bit on the Westbrook bandwagon. Also taking advantage of. You know, Isaiah Thomas is going to be on the court at some points. And oh, that's something that, you know, played 19 minutes last game. So he can easily get 19 minutes of them. And that would only bode very well for him. And the other option I'm really looking at, 
uh, would be PJ Tucker as a value play. Uh, he's you know nice price. He's really been just hitting strides this season, doing his thing. His D and three sit in the corner, knock down shots, uh, and then get back defensively. So those are the main guys I'm looking at. You know, I, I know that there's you know, we have Daniel House for value, and Clint Capella has been playing well. Just I don't think that I'm going to go there with the other options that we have available for similar price tags. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I, well, I mean, it's my only concern in this game is will it be a blowout or not? I don't think it will just because Houston's coming off that emotional game against Oklahoma City. Everybody was so keyed up and fired up and for that game, and it was a close game. So I think they'll have a little letdown as far as a team effort goes. And I think the game you know, will stay a little bit within reason and it's in Washington. And if it does, I mean, God, I mean, if you don't look at Harden and Westbrook, I mean, certainly you can't, I mean, on this kind of slate, you can't afford both of them, but you got to play one of them. I, I can't see a cash or GPP lineup that doesn't either have Harden or Westbrook, one of them in, in it. I mean, they're, they're going to just run Washington off the floor. I mean, I've, I've watched NBA basketball for 40 years and I, I don't, I love the guy, but I think one of the maybe five worst defensive point guards I've seen in 40 years is Isaiah Thomas. He can't guard anybody and he's got to try to guard Westbrook or Harden. I, I mean, probably Westbrook, but unless they try to hide him on, on a wing, maybe they'll they'll have them go just stand there with Tucker, but I, I don't know what they're going to do. But there's no way that, that they're going to be able to defend this team. And, you know, Houston should just roll. And I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to use Westbrook or Harden. I'm leaning towards Westbrook, actually, because he's a little bit cheaper than Harden. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that is – just a no-brainer. I, I think they'll have a lot of ownership, and they're going to deserve it. Washington also, you know, to me, they're in play. I, this is going to be the first time that I go to the, the Bradley Beal wagon, and I'll tell you why. It's pace of play. Uh, Washington's 15th, which isn't bad. That's better than they were, and Houston's the fastest team right now. So there's more possessions. Uh, they're playing at a 113.8 pace, which is really – significant and that's going to give Bradley a bunch of uh, more opportunities you know he tends to rise to the occasion when he plays against good opponents and I think he'll be trading buckets with Harden and Westbrook uh, all night long and uh, you know again those guys aren't great well Westbrook's a good defender but but Harden's not so I'm you know depending on how they try to stop Beal I don't know if they'll try to throw Tucker on him a little bit, but I think he's just, uh, I think he's going to get his regardless. So, uh, you know, two of my key plays will come out of this game and a lot of my salary will be soaked up here. And I'm leaning towards Westbrook and Beal being that combination. I like that combo of having one guy on each team on a game that I think is going to be paced up. Uh, But really that's it for Washington. It's hard to play anybody else from there squad at all please don't play Isaiah Thomas in a limited role and uh there's just you know the rest of their guys are just all chipping in but you know Beal's one of the higher usage guys in the league he's still uh just playing average I think he hasn't stepped it up a notch but I think this is the game that he does it and I want to be on him 
uh, when he does. Coach, I'd be lying if, if part of me didn't say I want to take a stab at Isaiah Thomas in a GPP. Oh no! I I, I'm, I it draws my it piques my interest a little bit just seeing his uh you know how his his usage and just that limited role when he first came back and you know this isn't a guy that tore his knee or anything like that you know he had he had to get a little bit of thumb surgery yeah you know, just a little thumb surgery uh but he looks like he's dribbling and shooting just fine and if if he's gonna see anywhere you know 19 minutes is what he played last game if he plays 22 or 24 uh yes they're gonna get smoked defensively but this team also needs scoring. Um, Bradley Beal is, is basically shouldering a lot of the load over here. They're not getting much help from Ish Smith. Rui's doing as much as he could as a rookie. Thomas Bryant, not really known for his offensive game, very limited offensive, trying to stretch the floor a little bit more this season. Um, and then they're, you know, they have, you know, Bonga and then Bertans, and now they're getting Troy Daniels back, kind of, you know, mingling around on the wing. But otherwise, they're very, very desperate for scoring. So if they find themselves just trailing points, um, and they're you know already down 15 points. You know it doesn't make sense not to play him. So he might even see a little of extended run here and there. So not, I'm not I'm not trying to talk too much about him at the end of the day because like I said, very very just peak interest, the GPP one out of every 10 lineups kind of thing. Uh, but yeah. but I, I I did look at him. He's probably one of my uh, the second favorite play I would have on that team next to the Beal. I don't really have trust in anybody else. So I'd rather take a stab at paying 7800 for a guy like Thomas. Are, are are you drinking alcohol right now? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't hit the bar cart. This is uh, this is something I'm I'm really I've really would have had a lot of interest in him if he just started the year as the opening day starter because I think he was projected to come out in like a twenty five to twenty six kind of minute role. So oh, if that Lord. he was projected to be the starter until he got hurt, and that's when they kind of you know had no choice but to play a Smith, but. I think this is who they want to be in their starting lineup next to Beal. So I think. Well, you know, I'll tell you, if we can find anybody else on this card that is going to play 20 to 25 minutes as a guard, I don't care who it is. I'll take him against Isaiah for a second challenge if we can find find a guy uh, uh, remaining in this group because I just don't see it, dude. But hey, more power to you. Who am I to, to try? I already called him one of the worst defensive players in the history of the game. So I can't. can't quadruple jinx myself into him dropping like 30 uh any more than that so uh i don't know man we'll see we will see hey like i said stab in the dark gpp i'm not, i would have bet my house on it uh you know you were talking about another chicken suit bet i like that you know at least keep it somewhat fair in these chicken suits i think a couple of them i took out were a little lopsided already uh but you know it, it, if you find the right guy uh, it's hard for me to say no so I, I'll tell you, I'll this, it, it's too damn bad that Utah's not. Oh, they are playing. How about this? I'll I'll quadruple challenge you here and just jinx the living daylights out of you and take Conley against Isaiah. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny for you to get double crossed by Conley? <laughs> well, no, I percent. Yeah, and again, listen, and we're seeing that price tag drop and drop and drop. You know, now we're looking at him come in, uh, and we could just—I mean, we can't really just jump to the game. We have the Thunder, you know, Blazers to get to, but you know, twelve-one is an enticing price for a guy like Mike Conley. It's not a great matchup, and all this, this, and that, but. Eventually, he's got to break this slump. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to go there tonight. Against the Clippers and Patrick Beverly? Well, that's Beverly? exactly it. It, may, it, may, not be, it may not be tonight, and I actually hope it's not tonight because if he puts up another stinker, we might even see a drop. If it gets anywhere below like 11.8 to 11.5 yeah. for a guy like that, he, he, we, we eventually just have to jump on that. 
So I'm, I'm hoping for a bad game tonight. That way we can take advantage of it during their next game or two. I don't blame you. All right, well, let's let's get on to the, the final 8 o'clock Eastern game, the Portland Trail Blazers and Thunder. It's at Oklahoma City. Um, you know, two teams coming off a couple of intense games. Portland's on a, a, a rough road trip here, and uh, this should be an interesting game. Definitely. Uh, I think when you're looking at the Blazers, uh, there's the two main pieces, obviously looking at, uh, you know, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I think McCollum... Uh, just had his big game, so I, I think he's just a you know pretty easy fade for me. And you know knowing that he's going to have a good amount of Shea on him, uh, very long, good defender. So I'm I'm okay with just not going there. Lillard I think is always just an option because we know his upside. Uh, he kind of gets up in in these games too against another Western Conference team, going against a guy like Chris Paul. Um, has the makings of him just having a big game. Uh, but other than that, I think we can kind of you know go back to the value of Zach Collins sitting out if you really need to with uh, Mario Zonia played. You know, decent minutes, got some good run, just got us there. I think he got about 20 fantasy points, so uh, just got us the value. But he has the upside in tournaments to, to put up these fantastic games. Um, and he's pretty much, you know, blowout proof on whatever side of the ball, whether they're losing or winning. So yeah. he's, he's always an option for me. And looking at the Thunder, um, I mean, I, right now, from what I'm seeing, uh, Steven Adams um, is is questionable. Um, maybe you can help me out here, Coach. Am, am I wrong with this, or is he – I believe that he's uh, questionable or probable, so that's something we got to keep an eye out for, for sure. Yeah, and if he's out, I think you can definitely look at Nerlens Noel, just a guy that should immediately go right into the starting lineup. Play, I wouldn't expect massive minutes, but he's a great point per minute producer. Can get it done defensively, get rebounds, lobs, a lot of the other such. Uh, kind of matches up pretty well against Whiteside too. So I think that's that's one of the main spots I'd go. Um, I mean, this the shade train. I, I hopped off, I think, the last game at the right time. He kind of cooled off a little bit. Yeah. Um, he could easily heat right back up. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. It's nice to see his price tag go down a little bit from where it was. I think he dropped a few hundred dollars. So I, yeah. I, he does pique my interest a little bit. Um, but I don't think we really need to go there. I think Gallinari would probably be my secondary option if I'm looking. Like It would be Noel if Adam sits. But then I think Danilo Gallinari, he just always flies under the radar. Uh, twelve eight is a nice fair price for him, and he, you know, he has the scoring upside. But you know, he he, he quietly puts up decent rebounds. Ignore you know, ignore the Golden State game where he had that one rebound game. Um, but he could quietly get you, you know, twenty and seven, twenty and eight, twenty and nine, a couple defensive stats randomly here and there. But he's just always flying under the radar. This is a good matchup for him. Um, they don't really have anybody that can guard him with Zach Collins being out now. Gallinari is a seven footer, pretty much. Uh, people yeah. forget about that when they think when they look at him. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and if it is Hazonia, we know that we've seen Hazonia get crossed up plenty of times uh, on the Knicks. He's he can't stick with anybody. No, that's for sure. Um, well, I'm gonna throw some tough love at these Portland Trailblazers because man, I, I watched the last couple of games, and first of all, if I ever say that I'm gonna roster Hassan Whiteside, please intervene. You know, like when somebody's uh, on drugs and you have to do an intervention, you know, like take me aside and explain to me that Hassan Whiteside is like one of the worst players and most inconsistent, bizarre dudes that, that laces them up. Cause I, I watched some of his play and it, it just, he baffles me, dude. 
he he's he's awful. He's a head case. At the end of the day, a, a lot of and I was actually thinking about this the other night, and this would probably take a lot of compiled research and data and a lot of figuring it out. But I think it would be something that a worthwhile like article to maybe invest in one day. Um, and I almost don't even want to say it because it's it's I want to keep it locked up in the noodle. But just to see, uh, you know, how fast somebody draws a defensive foul after they get an offensive foul. Because a lot of times I think just the emotion gets forgot about when that kind of stuff happens. You know, people get frustrated in the moment. All of a sudden they run back in and they try to get a hard defensive end foul. So, um, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, we see guys like Whiteside who are very emotional players come out of their element very fast. All of a sudden they have three fouls four minutes into the game and your your lineups are sunk at that point. There's no real coming back from that because now you know he's looking at like 24, 25 minutes tops. No doubt. Um, you know, to finish my, I, I'm going to go on this a little Portland Trailblazers rant here because I watched them play like two full games somehow. I, I don't know why I did that to myself, but Whiteside is horrific. Collins is out with a, a dislocated shoulder. They've been playing Anthony Tolliver that I believe is approaching my age. Mario Hazonia sucks. Scalabissier plays a very small amount of minutes. Rodney Hood has little tiny stretches where he'll hit three or four shots in a row. Other than that, he's terrible. Kent Bazemore, if you ro- if you roster him in DFS, you're crazy because he doesn't do a damn thing except maybe get three or four steals, and everybody wants to throw a party because he gets three or four steals. But he doesn't do anything else. And I'm telling you right now, Portland stinks. Lillard and McCollum are fantastic. You can fire them up. Every night if you wanted to, and they're going to get it done. But I would not give you a plug nickel for another player on that damn team, and don't waste your salary on Portland. How's that for a hot take? <laughs> right, you could, now you got to yeah, take off the headset, take a walk, take, you know, take a walk around the room real quick, come back. Uh, take a yeah. little sip of my, my soda here and, uh, and breathe a little bit. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't have a real strong opinion on Portland. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> other than that. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're ready to move on. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, the Thunder side, oh, yeah. I'm taking my man Shea. I know I'm this Shea fanatic all of a sudden. I've somehow turned into the card-carrying member of the Shea Gilgus Alexander fan club, but – I just love the guy, and I think he's a great matchup here. I don't think uh, you know Lillard and, and, and McCollum are exactly defensive specialists, and I like his size. I didn't take him the last game because I knew he would take a back seat to all the shit that was going on with uh, that game, You know the motions with Westbrook and Harden and C, uh, CP3 and all that stuff. So I knew that uh, – he would, he would sort of take that game off a little. But this game is back in Oklahoma City. He's the best player on the team. Uh, Adams is questionable. I love Shea in this matchup. He's 100% plug-and-play at what I think is a damn reasonable price. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Now that we have that depressed salary, I, I could definitely take into that account and you know definitely put him into my player pool for that reason. When he was getting up there around that, I think he was at like 13-3 or 13-1. You really have to yeah, think about it. He did get up there, but he's back down, uh, you know, reasonable. It's that, and that's the thing. It, it is reasonable, and that's a, that's the best way to describe it. It's nothing that's great. It's not going to be like a plug-and-play for me. But if I fall on him and I have that much money left over, I wouldn't be upset. 
Beautiful, man. Thank, I appreciate you giving a little little love there for sure. And obviously, you're not going to step out after my tirade with any any trailblazer uh, <laughs> love for sure. All right, three games left. The two, uh, we have three late games: Clippers and Jazz in the all defensive bone crunching. Utah's 29th in the league again. Clippers are 24th in pace. Defensive struggle with two teams, lowest over-under on the the entire slate. Um, I'm just going to let you take this game because I pass. Uh, yeah, let's just go on to the next game. Very easy for me. If you want to yeah. play Conley, uh, be my guest. But, uh, I mean, <clears throat> uh, the salary made me think about it for a second. But then, you, like you said, the Pat Bev thing. and Let's just hope for another bad one, and we'll get him for like 11-4 the next time. Perfect. That's the fastest we've ever done on a game, even in the preseason. So it, it goes to show you right there if that's uh, if that's not an indication for you to fade. All right, two games left. Charlotte Hornets at the Sacramento Kings. A uh, little interest in this game. It should be uh, some up and down and, and some bizarre teams here uh, getting after it. What do you what do you think about this game? So we'll start with uh, Sacramento, and we I think we have to you know. Everybody's going to have some interest, and we got to start with the hoop ball fan favorite, uh, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, you know, no other than the founding father here, Aaron Bruski, yeah, has been touting Rashawn Holmes uh, for about three, four seasons. As long as I, I've been here for about three seasons, I believe now, uh, and for as long as I've been here, it's been Rashawn Holmes in just about every single article um, I've read, and he's right on. And it's it's crazy. He, he's he's the one tout that I see that really touted him uh, at the end of yeah. the day. The one tout that touted. So I, I think it, we can look at him. The minutes were there last game. I wouldn't expect you know, necessarily the same workload because it, it is a volatile situation. They have a plenty They have plenty of options that they can go to. Uh, but he definitely showed that he earned some minutes in a valuable role. So I think he's underpriced at 8700 He's going to probably be one of my favorite value plays on the board. Uh, I'm sure you're there with me. And, and for every other king, um, honestly, I'm not that interested. I don't want to really mess with the wings. I think we have some other guard options that we've talked about already. A couple more that we'll get to in the last game of the night. Uh, De'Aaron Fox it just looks like he's kind of been struggling a little bit. Maybe it's a nagging injury. He's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, what happened to Buddy Hill, though? Good God. He's gone in the toilet. And he's a shooter. And that's at, at the end of the day, you gotta you got to focus on some of the things. When these shooters get in slumps, they, they struggle everywhere else because when they're not knocking down shots for two, three games in a row, other defenses keen on that, and they're going to say, they're going to challenge them. They're going to say, I'll, you know, I'll take that extra step once you knock two of them down in my face. Um, so until he can get out of this slump, a lot of teams are going to kind of just let him have his shots and challenge him more at the rim and take away the easy passes from him, make things difficult in those ways. So I'm I'm okay with just kind of avoiding him. Um, you know he's he's kind of in, kind of in that Conley boat for me, where he's eventually yeah. gonna have that that blow up game, and hopefully you can grab on that on that night because he's gonna have very low ownership until he does, uh, and yeah. then we're gonna see that price tag kind of get up there where it should be. No doubt about it. Well, yeah, I I was also gonna give uh, a shout out to our founder at Hoopball and. Really, you know, if it wasn't for him, none of us would be here doing this stuff uh, for sure. But the, he's been the a Rashawn Holmes guy since day one. And, man, he looked like a genius that last game. And, you know, there's no reason to believe with as long as Bagley's still out now. That I will give one small warning. I read that Giles might be back for this game 
in a limited role, but that will cut into a little bit of Holmes uh, action. So keep an eye on that news tomorrow, but Holmes certainly is a value play here without any question. Uh, I, I don't trust Fox with the health issue. You know, he'll just in too much of a slump. So, you know, I, I don't have a lot of interest uh, uh, really on the Sacramento side of the ball. On Charlotte's side, you know, they're on that West Coast trip. They're a super young team. I think they're starting to, you know, feel that punch in the chops of, uh, you know, all being on the, this long West Coast road trip. Um, they're still trying to, you know, get some continuity on that team. Um, but they do have some value guys that, that make sense. You know, uh, PJ Washington is sort of quietly, you know, sort of sunk down back in the, in the pricing again. Um, you know, Rogier is splitting with Graham, but Rogier's playing some two now. And, you know, I, I've seen them slide everybody over and play bridges at the four. So they're still figuring it out, but they do have guys, you know, in certain matchups that can do well. And certainly, you know, Sacramento isn't one of the best defensive teams in the league. There's no doubt about it. So you may want to give a value play. I got to ask my son, how are the Mavs doing, son? Three, up or down? Oh, Mavs are beating Denver by three with 40 seconds left. How awesome is that, dude? I was I was actually, you know, keep it a secret because generally like to kind of find out all the news after uh, we finish the show. But, yeah, I've been flashing back and forth of that, <laughs> definitely. I knew when my son made it over to, to take a look, I figured it was coming down to the wire. And that's such a that'd be such a nice win for them if they can get to Denver. And because they they started out that game terrible. I watched the first quarter; they were down like fifteen right off the bat. So uh, it's the it's, they, it's a typical Mavs game too, Coach. It's it's the most un DFS friendly game. Uh, yeah. Nine players and double figures right now um, for the team. So the, Luca didn't get it done tonight. Now nobody can get it done. I mean, the leading scorer is fourteen points. Two people tied for it, and it's uh, Hardaway Jr. and Kleber. So wow. bench mob kind of pulling him back in there. I'll tell you, Carlisle, I love him, and I'll always love him. He's a champ and everything, but he he baffles me, dude. I I was, you know, I, I watching the, them come out to to start the game, and it, of course it was K, Porzingis and and uh, Doncic, but then the three guys were new again. He he went with a, a whole different uh, three guys in this starting rotation it, it's just so bizarre he keeps I mean it's not like he, he's switching and playing one guy like Seth Curry was a key guy he started tonight uh which was like okay he hadn't been getting in early on a, at all DeLon Wright since he's been playing better he isn't starting again uh Powell was back today uh Finney Smith got a start this time Kleber Kleba was put back on the bench. So it's, I don't know. Carlisle is one of the biggest tinkers. I think he thinks it's a, a DFS team or, or a, a Roto team. And he, he tinkers with the lineup like crazy all the time, but it goes to what we we've been saying all along. You can take Porzingis, you can take uh, Luca, but you really can't take anybody else. Cause you don't know what the hell Carlisle's ever going to do. Absolutely. And you know uh, we are Mavs hometown favorites over here. You actually live in the in the Dallas area over there. I don't. I'm yeah. over here in Connecticut. So uh, you know it's funny that we end up on the same show. We're both Mavs fans, 
And yeah. we could talk uh, Mavs all day, Coach. I know. We, uh, I we, know. We'd even, uh, we even we got to get this slate down, man. They're not even on. The, they're not even on this slate. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, we only have one game left. We have one game left. It's the uh, Phoenix. Well, one, one, one thing yeah. before we uh, yeah. before we pass on from the Hornets, I did have. I want to mention one player, and it's Cody Zeller. Um, he's okay. just been, he's been absolutely smashing. I, I I do have a little bit of interest, not like a plug and play for me, um, but at twelve one on fantasy draft, I think there's some meat left on the bone, especially knowing that there is some front court issues going on for the Kings. Um, his role looks like it's pretty secure around that thirty minute mark. The only other player that's playing center for him is going to be uh, Bismack Biombo, um, and I'm not really ever worried about Bismack taking minutes from anybody. So I think he's. An I option. agree with you, and I think he's a better play than our our Andrew Hansen of taking Tyler Zeller. <laughs> Ooh, another little zing! All right, all right. We go to the last game, ten thirty p.m. Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors. This should be a barn burner, uh, up and down, interesting, no defense. Both teams can't stop anybody defensively. Uh, you know, uh, I, the, I would think this game's going to be a late-night hammer that a lot of people are going to uh, jump on as far as uh, rostering. I mean, you've got uh, Golden State and Phoenix in the top 13 pace teams. And neither team has been able to really stop anybody to this point. So who are you loading up here, buddy? I'm loading up on a lot of people from this game. Let's just, just like you said, it's going to be a great game for DFS content, late game hammer. Um, but one of my favorite plays, I think, on the board is going to be Devin Booker. Uh, just 14-4 is just way too cheap for this guy. He played down minutes um, in that game against the Jazz. You know, very, very tight game. Uh, one one point uh, loss. You know this this Phoenix team looks great. They've been riding on the back of his offense. They're going to need him without Aiton. Um, and I just think yeah. that you know, looking for comparison's sake, uh, Bradley Beal being a guy that's like two K more than him. Yes, Bradley Beal is probably you know a, a better, more reliable you know option on a night to night basis. But you can't say it. They both don't have very similar upside. If if not, Booker's can sometimes even be higher. Um, and for two thousand less, that's something, especially in this I'll kind of matchup. Deal against Booker. You got Booker against Golden uh, oh, State, worst no. defensive team in the league. Point point per dollar, I'll take Booker. Uh, overall points, I still think Beal can beat him. Don't get me wrong, but I think that two thousand dollars savings. Um, at the end of the day, when we when we have an eleven game slate with all these studs, and when you have eleven games, it leaves more value open. We have eleven Garnish, games. You're Garnish. starting to get a, li- a little gun shy here. I'm seeing, I'm <laughs> sensing a, a a little earning of the chicken suit here, yeah. uh, starting um, to tighten up the old, you know what? Oh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't just come out saying, you know, all right, you, you like uh, Bogdanovich, so I'll take Beal. How's that? You know? Oh no! Come on, that's not fair. Booker, Booker, and, and Beal is is close, but yeah. okay, I'll, I'll let you go on that. I just want we'll, to we'll stick with one for the night. We have a, we have a, we have plenty of nights to get going. I don't need to find myself chasing two points out there. Hey, uh, I don't. To... I I've seen lots of guys run scared. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to bait me into this, coach. It's not going to no, work. No, 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 no. Uh, and that's, I mean, looking at the other options over there, I think Saric and uh, Kaminsky are both in play. Kaminsky 
should continue to draw some pretty fair ownership. We're seeing the price boost. Sarich yeah. um, actually dipped dip in price. It's only 9K on Fantasy Draft. I love that I price for him. Garbage, though. Now, last game, I think a lot of the starters kind of saw a little bit of minutes. It was a tough matchup against uh, a Jazz team. But if you look at the game prior to that, he was plus 30 minutes. He double-doubled. Uh, was a great fantasy option. And, you know, at the end of the day, that they're gonna, this team needs a little bit of offense. And I think a lot of that is going to come from – it's not going to come from Rubio – uh, it's not going to come from Aaron Baines in the starting lineup, so it's mostly going to be Ubre, Saric, and Booker. Those are going to be the guys I continue to focus on, and then looking at Frank to thank off the bench as a you know another option. But I, I kind of like Saric a little bit more, just knowing that he'll probably have a lower ownership and he's much cheaper. Not bad. I I don't like the fact that Frank the Tank's price went up so much. It's sort of ridiculous, but uh, you know it's it is what it is. But uh, you know, it's. I wish I had the salary to 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 uh, put Curry on there. I, you know, if I decide to chicken out on Westbrook, I, I would probably pivot to Curry because I certainly would love to play him in this game. But uh, you know, I'm going to keep that into consideration. I may do at least do that pivot in one GPP anyway. But uh, yeah, I I certainly like Curry in this game. I think he'll. He'll have a, a, a very solid game uh, without question. Um, you know, on the Phoenix side, I you know, I get your Booker take there. Uh, certainly, you know, usage is, is going to be way up there. Um, I'll, I'll tell you who my value guy is in this game, though. Believe it or not, it's Aaron Baines. I like the way he's his minutes restrictions been eliminated. He's playing hard. Golden State doesn't really have a center. Um, I, I just think Baines could put up a little double-double at a super cheap price and be a guy to round out uh, your value. So very bizarre on a 22-team, 11-game slate to finish my you know recommendations with Mr. Aaron Baines. But again, you know we're in a salary world. We can't just say the best player on every team every game. So... Uh, that's just sort of where I'd look, I think, for a cheap, uh, cheap guy. Yeah, all right. How about we do Sabonis versus Aaron Baines then? How's that sound? Yeah. Sabonis. Oh, you're, now you're <laughs> now you're being a an A double. Uh, you know what? H O uh, double L E. But that's okay, dude. It's all right. Yeah. Maybe we could combine. God, no. I'm just. We're sticking with Embiid versus Cat. That's the feature, uh, feature of the night. And then we'll let you grow another setback to start accepting some of these challenges for our next show. And then we'll get back at it, dude. But uh, all right, listen, don't forget, you know, we, we mention this every time, but it's extremely critical. We do this show the night before we put everything out there. We want you to be able to listen to it at work on your break at lunchtime, whatever, uh, or at work uh, when he's supposed to be working like Mike does. We don't want to let his boss know. But when, you know, we want you to make sure to tune in to hoop-ball.com, go to the forums, go to the DFS thread. Our guys, Miles and Andy, are constantly updating great stuff there. I'm always throwing stuff on there as well. Jump on Twitter. Follow us throughout the day. At Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. At Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. At Language Olympic. And at Hoopball Fantasy, that's where you'll see all our blurbs, 
our writers and everybody putting everything up there. So follow the moves. Those, you know, one guy being restricted or sitting uh, can shift your build. So pay attention to that all the way up to lock tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I think we're good to go, dude. Do you have any final thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's it. You know, load up on these games with high totals, uh, you know, monitor the news, like Coach said, and brain review us, and I think we're all good to go. And, you know, the last thing, again, direct challenge for me, Coach's challenge tomorrow, get in there, it's two bucks. You're guaranteed to beat a Patria. If you can take a shot at me and, and Mr. Language Olympic, that's probably your best target, and then we see where we go from there. But get in there. It's going to be fun tomorrow. I won't be on tomorrow's show. It's going to be Andrew and Mike. So you get one and one A as far as the rankings of the Sharks on this team. So I'm sure tomorrow will be a great show. And uh, Did we switch it around, Coach, or are you losing your mind again with the schedule? No, actually, Andrew's taking Wednesday now. I, you know, I'm doing so many multiple shows here. I'm trying to – I want to stay sharp. So Andrew's actually going to do – back-to-back shows with you on wednesday and thursday and i'm gonna do the other five nights so uh yeah yeah i'm gonna have two nights in a row uh where i'm focusing on you know i just want to stay crisp i don't want to i get it the old age you want you know you forget stuff that's why i just i assumed you just forgot the schedule again you know uh i know you i know the first thing you do in the morning is you kind of gotta you know check to see what day it is what month it is what year it is Go back over to your counter with one of those uh, the, the containers on your counter, the pill containers that say Sunday through I Saturday. Do. Yes, I have that as well, sir. I do. I do. Uh, I know. But let's just I just as a quick reminder, how did we finish? I believe I beat your AWS in the uh, coaches challenge last week. I think I won the last chicken suit challenge. Could, would, would you beat I by mean, like point seven five points in that contest or did, something? Does it, is a win a win, or does it make a difference? I mean, hey, a win—it's a one and zero versus zero and one, sir. It, it, it's like Ricky Bobby would say: if you ain't, if you ain't first, you're last. So, uh, you know, whether I'm thirty seventh or thirty eighth, I consider it a loss in both of our books. At the end of the day, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think uh, Andrew was the only winner on this podcast, finishing the top five. So, uh, I think we're both chasing his coattails right now. But yeah, you know what? While, while I'm sitting climbing up there, I'll step on you on my way up. Try, like that. try to bury the lead. That's okay. I know. I I know you saved all this up for the end to try to get a little frosty, but it's okay. The listeners know that experience and knowledge sometimes does come with age. So hey. You know, I'm just saying, buddy, let's see what you got. We got, we, you know, let's see when I come back here in a couple of days on the show with you. Hopefully we've got uh, uh, a bunch of uh, bragging rights to, to take place, buddy. Yep. And we'll end it on a high note that, uh, you know, just check my Twitter updates and Anthony Davis with a trip to the locker room, just like we spoke about early on. So. Are you serious? Yes. I don't know what it is. I don't know how bad. Might just be a bump. Might just be, you know, wh- wh- you know whatever it is. How but, is uh, it possible that he gets hurt every damn game? It's know. unbelievable. What a wuss. Shoot him with kid gloves, I guess. But That's crazy, dude. All right, man. Well, I think we, I, we have uh, filled it up tonight. Great show. Uh, I know we do a lot of kidding and jabbing, but I love you, man. You do a great job. I love doing every show with you and uh, look forward to uh, 
us continuing to just get it done all season long for our, our viewers. I know that. All love, Coach. All love. All right, buddy. Well, we want to thank you all for joining us for Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Apatria, I'm Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow. Well, those boys will catch you again tomorrow, but we'll all be with you in thought. Keep looking us up on Twitter, and we'll look to crush it again on another day of NBA DFS. Curly fries for the win. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.